1: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help.
2: Welcome to The
1: Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
2: Welcome to The Inner Life. Hey, thanks for joining us as together we look to take today's step forward in the journey of faith with the help of our spiritual directors. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today. In addition to hosting a weekly local show for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis here on Relevant Radio, I sit in from time to time on The Inner Life and other network shows, and I'm especially glad to be with you today on this great feast day of St. Nicholas. Yes, technically optional memorial, but since it is his day, it is his feast day. We are going to focus on St. Nicholas and particularly on the role of gift giving in our life of faith. To guide our discussion today, joining us is a name familiar to many of you. Our spiritual director today is Father Matthew Spencer, a priest of the Oblates of St. Joseph. He currently serves as Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Spencer, welcome. Good to be with you.
0: Thanks, Patrick. Happy feast day. Happy to be with you. I know.
2: Happy feast day. Did you get some candy in your shoes this morning,
0: Father? (laughs) I left the shoe by the fireplace, and I woke up, and it was empty. Can you believe that, Oh, man. Wait, did you leave cookies out or not?
2: (laughs) Oh, good point. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, well, live and learn, right? So next year. (laughs) Live and learn, yeah, maybe next year. (laughs) Very good. Well, um, I'm excited to talk in this relatively uh, lighthearted, but yet very important uh, topic of St. Nicholas today. And uh, why don't we start, Father, let's just tell the story of St. Nicholas. I'm sure that listeners may be somewhat familiar, although there might be some who just don't know about him at all. And uh, it's always good to expand our knowledge of the saints. So why don't you kick us off by telling us a little bit of the background of who St. Nicholas was.
0: Sure. It's, you know, right off the top, uh, right off the bat, Patrick, we should point out there, there is so much of of St. Nicholas's Life that's shrouded in in history and and mixed up with legend. It's it's really hard to tease out actual you know data points here. But there there are some things we know. He was born around 268 A.D. Mm. Uh, he lived in modern day Turkey or Armenia right now. Uh, he was uh, later ordained a priest and a bishop and of of Myrna, I believe. Um, and he uh, there would serve, you know, faithfully in the church. Um, the 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 two stories that are the most popular in his life. One has to do with his, I believe, it was his neighbor who had a few daughters, and his neighbor was was poor, destitute, and was pondering even selling off his his daughters into prostitution, mm-hmm. uh, so that at least they would survive. A horrible decision that um, that he would have made. And St. Nicholas, who had this inheritance from his wealthy parents, decided to, you know, to aid his neighbor. He, um, according to some accounts, threw some gold coins through the window and uh, later from some accounts, because the window was locked, would throw it down the chimney the mm. coins would end up in the daughter's stockings or or um you know yeah. uh, socks that were there at the chimney and this and there is sounding comes familiar. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm wondering why I didn't yeah. get any gold coins this morning Yeah right <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah. Uh, you know later he would then go on to you know really uh or what would be especially characteristic of his generosity of his giving is that he did it according to jesus' precepts. don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing mm-hmm. he he saved his neighbor and and his neighbor's daughters from from poverty, but also did it in with a generous spirit without wanting to get credit for it um so there's the origin of of some of the the Christmas, you know, um, traditions that we have. Uh, Another, actually, Patrick, another really interesting uh, legend about the life of of St. Nicholas is that um, he, uh, there was a, (laughs) excuse me, there was a butcher who supposedly caught these three kids. This is rather graphic, but but killed the kids, butchered them, and then started to pickle them in barrels, and St. Nicholas comes and raises them from the dead, and, um, and uh, this is actually, I share this because it's a common uh, theme. It's a depiction of, or there are many artistic depictions of St. Nicholas in a basement, uh, praying over barrels where children are arising out of them. A very fascinating mm-hmm. kind of account that... Um, you know, obviously, we don't know the exact <laughs> historicity of that as well. Sure. Yeah. So th- that's the basic life of of Saint Nicholas historically, as we know it, and his his own generosity would then become a, a model for us as modern day Christians. Right. Right. And he,
2: uh, my understanding is, he was pretty uh, he was pretty opposed to the Arian heresy back in his day as well. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, there are some. Some people who who talk about even this militant approach he took to right. Arianism, where he supposedly, you know, got in front of 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 Arius and and slapped him and slapped him, tried to right, bring yeah. him to his senses, <laughs> I, I don't I don't really buy those those accounts. I mean. Okay. To me it's just not fair to to turn this saint into a, a rather um, aggressive you know militant kind of person when when actually those accounts don't have a huge historical basis. actually, right. it was Michael Barber, um, an apologist who who also came out really strong against these mean meme, memes of of Santa Claus slapping areas <laughs> across the face, saying no no no, no let's let's recover the real sense of Saint Nicholas. Here. <laughs> All right, well, let me, if you'll
2: indulge me, I just got to say these memes, one of my favorite ones is where it's it's a picture of an icon of St. Nicholas and uh and he says he's sitting there saying to the meme the the wording on it is something like i came to i came to give presents and to slap heretics and i just ran out of presents (laughs) 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 all right all right but we'll put it to bed
0: with that right We'll we'll, okay uh, fair i mean it's funny right yeah we laugh about it i don't know how how accurate it is to his personality but it is funny right let us let us be clear here
2: on the inner life on relevant radio
0: we are not condoning
2: violence against anyone one uh, <laughs> and, and not against heretics, certainly. Yes. All right. All right. So, um, but let's do focus back on the the whole the whole idea of gift giving. You you brought this up, Father Matthew, about how um, how how he was he was really motivated by. Jesus saying, you know, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And uh, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious about the cultivation of that kind of gift giving in our own lives, um, especially around this time of year when I'm guessing uh, many of us are starting to think through our Christmas lists. Who do we have to get gifts for and that sort of thing? And it become, can become such a chore, uh, something that we have to get done. We have to tick all these boxes and that sort of thing. But how do we... Uh, recover and then live out Christ's call to be generous givers in our lives.
0: Yeah, you know, I I really think uh, it's beautiful to talk about St. Nicholas today because I think a lot of people look, uh, I should say a lot of Catholics, and especially probably a lot of our friends here at Relevant Radio who are listening now, see images of Santa Claus and they cringe because they see in that picture of Santa Claus just a, a purely secular Idea of materialism and consumerism, uh, and I think we have to recover this sense that no Santa Claus. In fact, even even the modern day depictions of Santa Claus have their roots in in Saint Nicholas, who who showed generosity. And yeah, while there's reindeers and elves and the North Pole that got all mixed up with this, I think we we can put some of that aside and realize that. Uh, this time of year is such a wonderful time to show our love for another person, to show our affection and to show how much we value them. And we do that by giving gifts. I mean, this this is also something that we did to Jesus that the I should say the Magi did to Jesus, right? right. To show right. him their their appreciation and 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 understanding of who he is. He is king, he is priest, he is prophet. Mm-hmm. And and therefore we give gifts in in the similar with a similar spirit to, to show others that we value them. And not to get something out of it, not to you know, <laughs> make them give us a g- good gift as well, but rather to, to be generous and to want to, to express our affection and gratitude for those around us. And that's something I really love about this time of year, Patrick, mm-hmm. that you, you, know, you and I can, can really take some time out to appreciate the people around us and to express that in our gift giving.
2: I think that's a great reminder as we are, uh, whether we're shopping online or in person in stores or whatever, and, and it can get, let's face it, it can get harrowing either way, right? It can get, oh man, do I choose this one or this one? And there's a, how much research do I need to put in on this? Um, but let us not lose sight of you know honoring the person. That's what we're doing, right? We're honoring uh, the person and our relationship with that person as we're, as we're looking at gifts as well. Our spiritual director today is Father Matthew Spencer as we're talking about St. Nicholas and the role of gift-giving in our life of faith. Well, question for you as you're listening along. How, how have you lived out generosity, especially during this Advent season? Are there some particular Advent uh, traditions or customs that you take up in this season of preparation uh, that include giving and generosity? Do you have a specific charity, perhaps, that you'd like to donate to? Or maybe you've received from someone else, whether it be a Christmas gift or, or just a gift that was so meaningful to you. We would love to hear your story. Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And tell us how generosity whether yours or someone else's has made a difference in your life. You can also send us an email at innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, Father, um I I want to of course um St. Nicholas was a servant of our Lord Jesus and uh and now his being tied up in the person of Santa Claus with with the kind of idea of the birth of Jesus. Um let's talk a little bit about the the birth of Jesus and how that has kind of it's kind of gotten eclipsed, or perhaps even lost, in our contemporary culture. Any thoughts on? Well, first of all, any thoughts on on how that has happened?
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting. You look at the history of of the emergence of the legend of of Santa Claus, say in the North Pole, and, and the the separation of of Santa Claus from from our devotion to Saint Nicholas. And this is centuries old, right? I mean, for centuries we have looked to Saint Nicholas. As an example of generosity, and then parents and loved ones have used that that model as as a form of giving gifts and of making their children happy around Christmas time uh, but eventually the the gift giving would would be transformed. It happened in the early 1800s I believe some New Yorkers in fact took the image of santa Claus wanted to to keep that religious context and to to give gifts in a very Christian, generous way. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the legends started to arise about Santa Claus there. And, and you're right, they started to eclipse the real purpose of, of Christmas, which is, to, which is to recognize the coming of the Christ child and to, to, to live our lives in accordance with God, with what God asks of us. But I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. In other words, we can we can appreciate Saint Nicholas. We can give gifts at Christmas, and yet we can also have the Christ Child at the center of that celebration. And I, I think that's a that's a it's a tricky balance to find there because we don't want our children to become so consumed with. Getting gifts with materialism, with um, you know all of the all of the external trappings of mm-hmm. Christmas, mm-hmm. like uh, Christmas trees and ornaments, and and Santa Claus itself, and and to forget about uh, Jesus Christ and and the coming of our Lord in the flesh. Uh, but I think I hope that we can we can work to recover this. You know, Patrick, one of my one of the things that's always challenging at this time of year in in the in these months is that people oftentimes see secular holidays like Halloween, uh, like Christmas. And then as Christians, they say, no, 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 we, we can't celebrate Halloween the way that people do. We can't celebrate Christmas the way that other people do. And we forget about the origins of these. We forget about All Hallows' Eve. It's the Eve yeah. of, of All Saints' Day. We, we, that's a Christian celebration that, yeah, has been co-opted by, by society, but we can recover it. And likewise with Christmas. So I think we affirm the good things. We affirm the gift-giving. We affirm the, the family time. But also we, we try and overcome the materialism, the consumerism, and, and focus on, on the Christ child himself. Right. Well, what would you say to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, uh, Father? Um, what would you say to uh,
2: the the argument that okay, um, you know, really the whole Santa Claus and 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 all the relatively secular or commercial aspects of of Christmas, and and I mean obviously the not not Santa Claus not tied to Saint Nicholas, but uh, but only loosely tied, I guess I should say, to Saint Nicholas. Um, that being kind of Mythical, And yet, if we encourage our children as, as faithful Catholics, if we encourage our children to, if we adopt that even to the smallest degree, now we're inviting them to look upon the story of the birth of Christ, also in that same, uh, with the same sort of mythical skepticism um, that you might later on in life, if you find out that, uh, well, not all those Christmas myths were actually historically accurate. Um, then, uh, then you might be tempted to say, "Well, who knows about the birth of Jesus?" Either.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they're 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 quite different. And, and as parents, uh, I mean, parents have this responsibility of of helping when children are ready to tease out the difference between between myth and history, between you know, nice stories and good traditions versus the theological realities of the world I, i'm trying to be careful here patrick because i'm just realizing kids are listening and, and yeah i, I know to, i under my parents you know too, right own responsibility of, yep, yep. yeah about uh, about these things but i you know I, I guess what i would say patrick is i i never had that never was an issue in my household we right. um we when i was very small i got gifts from santa claus yep and um and uh but more importantly over time my parents would actually every Christmas morning they would read to us before we were allowed to open presents they would yep. read to us the first uh second chapter of Saint Matthew and, and here and of St Luke and read the the accounts of the gospels and I always understood those as as real you know and um, and over time would would be able to separate the the myths of of secular kind of traditions from from the historicity of of the Life of Jesus and also the, the the revelations of at Christmas. So, I what I would say is, um, I don't see it as a major problem. At least when when my parents did it, they they were just when I was ready, they would reveal. You know, they would sift these things out for me. But I think what was really important is always affirming the 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 gospel narratives and always affirming the the, mm-hmm. the young life of of Jesus and especially when when he came into the world and and I think children get it you know children will yeah. will realize that um, over time
2: yeah I think so too and and it sounds like actually Father that you and I had some very similar uh, similar growing up traditions around in mm-hmm. and around Christmas as well as uh, yeah it sounds familiar indeed all right uh, well again for the listener. How have you benefited from generosity, either by being generous yourself, um, and there, are there specific charities that you'd like to give to around this time of year as part of your Advent and then Christmas observations and in the spirit of St. Nicholas, the gift giver? How has that helped your faith, or how have you received from others, and how has that helped? help your faith as well give us a call join the conversation 888-914-9149 we're going to take a little bit of a break when we come back we're going to be back with father matthew spencer more about saint nicholas gift giving and taking your phone calls stay with us Welcome back to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley with you uh, along with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer. As we're talking today about Saint Nicholas here on his feast day, and the role of gift give- giving in our life of faith. Question for all of you listeners is how have you do- how have you benefited uh, in your faith life specifically from generosity, whether it be your own generosity, you being generous, or how have you received from others, and how has that boosted? Your relationship with the Lord. Give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go and take some phone calls, Father. We've got Sarah who's calling in from Sacramento, California. Good morning, Sarah. Welcome to the program.
3: Thank you for having me. Good morning.
2: Sure. Hi, right, Sarah. What do you got for us, Sarah?
1: Uh, my family has a tradition that I just love and is ex- have extended into my adulthood. Uh, before going to midnight mass, bringing gifts to the local fire and police stations. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know where it came from. It's just something that we always did as I was a child. And the way that it's affected my spiritual life has, um, has been really to think about others in, especially those who are working, those who are keeping us safe, those who, are, uh, who don't have a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to, to bring them gifts on Christmas Eve, the, to see the look on somebody's face, <laughs> when they feel mm. like maybe they've been forgotten or they're just on duty. I've had people say to me, are you sure? Is this for me? And like, well, it, you can't mistake a fire house, you know, <laughs> of course it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the surprise, the joy to be to be thought of. Um, and it just, it warms the heart. And I wanted to share that I think everyone should do that.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. That, that's a, what a beautiful tradition. I, I think back on uh, the progression in my own life, you know, when I was a child, how it's not, I don't want to say that I was greedy or selfish, but my happiness was really dependent on getting things. And now, I guess my love language is not really getting gifts, if I could say it that way, right? Getting gifts is, is, oh, it's fine. You know, it just doesn't, it's not that, that uh, huge of a deal to me, but giving things is so much more powerful. And like like you said, sir, it leaves such a lasting impact. That that took me many decades to learn. I hope I'm still growing in that area. But um, what what a beautiful tradition that that your family has. In order to to cultivate that that awareness that well, to give is much better than to receive, as scripture tells us. To give uh, is actually satisfies the hearts of others as well as our own hearts. So thank you for for sharing that, sir. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Father, let's talk a little bit about that. What about, um, yeah, honoring those who serve us, even though they do so probably thanklessly most of the year. So whether it be police and fire station or or firefighters, uh, you know, even our, our postal workers, the people who deliver our newspapers, all those sorts of things. Um, how can that help us and aid us in our life of faith?
0: Yeah. The world, the world doesn't stop when we have these great celebrations and religious observances like Christmas, uh, the world uh, still needs infrastructure, doesn't it? And the world yeah. still needs people who are who are helping to care for those who have emergencies, who have accidents, for for crises that that come around. And, and I think an awareness that that our lives are all all. Um, Intricately uh, intricately connected, you know, my life. As much as I want to be independent, as much as I want to think I can take care of myself and be on my own, uh, I I never can. Right? We're all bound up together in this project of of living the human life, and we all need each other's help. And I think this is what Jesus tries to reveal to us when he comes and calls us to be one. When he invites us to be part of of his body, the church, that we need to all uh, be in this together. So yeah, I think there's there's a real I hope an awareness when when the holidays come around that uh, there are many people who are sacrificing their own time with their families, their own time for relaxation and rest, and they're making they're serving uh, in order that you and I might have some rest. And that's um, hopefully humbling, but also perhaps inspiring for us, Patrick, that we'll also mm-hmm. consider doing the same thing. Um, I mean, an example, kind of like Sarah was sharing, is I know. Individuals on Thanksgiving that will forego their own family Thanksgiving meal in order to serve the homeless or even even that they count that as their Thanksgiving meal to sit down and and eat with the homeless and those who can't. uh, provide for themselves in the same way that that others can. And what a what a on the one hand what a sacrifice they make, on the other hand what a blessing they receive when they are generous and giving of their time on days when when other people wouldn't consider that. So, yeah, these are opportunities I think for us Patrick to to exercise very concretely Christian
2: generosity. Yeah, Christian generosity which again, as you just pointed out, Father, oftentimes is best uh, targeted towards those who are in a state of real need. And uh, mm. I believe that might be what uh, Joseph, who is also calling in from Sacramento, California, he is calling in. Good morning, Joseph. Welcome to The Inner Life.
4: Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, mm. I The story of charity I'd like to share was uh, when I was uh, retired from the military and tried to work in the civilian sector, I had no idea that my disability that I got from active duty would not be able me to do so. So I more than worried, stressed, tons of anxiety. But when I was awarded my disability uh, benefits from the VA, Social Security, I had no idea that uh, I'd actually make a very, very decent living doing that. So when I heard Mass this one day to give thanks to Jesus for these disability pays, the priest happened to talk about his very impoverished uh, uh, parish in Sri Lanka, and to this day, I still help father with his uh, uh, children, you know, very, very poor farmer children, and uh, I just found out recently that he actually uses the money for their religious education for their Catholic faith, so that's Mm -hmm. my story in a
0: nutshell. (laughs) Ah, oh, Joseph, well, thank you. God bless your generosity. I think it's um uh, yeah, when we see that we are blessed, right? when you recognize that, well, the income I'm getting is is abundant, and I can I, there's more that I can do than just get the latest and greatest gadgets and comforts and conveniences here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that same uh money that we we receive or the same blessings that we have can go such a long way to help those in in other parts of the world. And um, and that's really, really humbling. It's also, as we are just saying, really satisfying, I think, isn't it, Joseph when when we know that the we've been blessed and we can share those blessings with others, and then, through the connections that we have in the church or with uh, with uh, organizations of goodwill, then we can we can have those resources reach people who are very much in need and This is really what what Christmas is about isn't it? This is really what what uh, the story of Saint Nicholas who we celebrate today is all about that generosity and to help those in need mm
2: hmm yeah, thank you, Joseph, for that. And father, my response to you is, but I like gadget's comforts and conveniences. <laughs> but- I mean,
0: so do I, right? And we, we it's not that they're evil. It's just that right. um we have to we have to break out of that mindset of yeah. that, that we have, right? Of well, I don't have an iPhone thirteen, it's just an iPhone twelve and I really need that. And even though it's gonna set me back a a month's salary or two months salary, mm-hmm. I'm really gonna get that because that will make me happy. And I I hope that that Christmas will help us to realize no that really won't make us happy will it Patrick right, these things right. really that's, don't ultimately satisfy us
2: no that's exactly right I mean we, when we're talking about our true happiness in the uh, in the you know the beatitude sense of the word then I I think uh, we need to look far beyond gadgets and conveniences mm. yes absolutely yeah. and yeah. I like what you said there too Father about well, a phrase that I've shared actually on this show before, but uh, a phrase that really has meant a lot to me, especially recently as a, in my devotional life, has been that gratitude begets generosity. And with that kind of an understanding, um, you know, that could be a great way in my own life to harvest more gratitude in order to be more generous. But also maybe teaching others to do the same. Maybe that's a good question for you, Father. How about parents Um, parents of children and we want to teach them how to be generous. Any thoughts about some good ways of teaching children, how parents can teach children to be generous?
0: Well, I think what, what Sarah described is, is a perfect illustration. Parents can teach children to be generous by by example, by showing them, by saying, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give these gifts to to another family. We're going to help out others in need. We're gonna sacrifice a little bit of our time. And we're gonna do it with joy. I, I think I think children don't always see the generosity when the collection basket is passed in the pews and and parents will put sizable sums of money, maybe even inside of the basket. And that that concept maybe evades children of mm-hmm. of the value of of what goes into the basket but children will never miss those those times that sarah described when you go and you give gifts to firefighters, when you go and you serve uh, food at the homeless shelter, when you go and you do these works of, of great generosity of your time and your resources. And I think that's the best way to, to teach children. And then children pick up on it. Children enjoy it. And then children will in turn challenge us. <laughs> They'll say, right. hey, aren't oh. we supposed to be giving? Aren't we supposed to be helping <laughs> oh, others? Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> oh, God
2: bless our kids. Right. All oh, right. Man. Well, let's go. Let's go back to the Phones now. We've got Mary Pat who's calling in from Minneapolis. Mary Pat, welcome to the program. Hi there. I have a
3: quick one. So, I have receiving giving. So, I guess in my own life, I've benefited a lot from really strong spiritual people who've helped me kind of get to where I need to be. And as a result, I've really um, gotten the tools from the Holy Spirit enabled it so I can give more. Um, and the flip side, is I just heard in a small group the other day um, of receiving and giving. Sometimes we want to give more, and sometimes we think we're not doing enough, but even our presence alone can just be all that we are, that God wants us to do that day. So that's just a quick one, but just kind of like the the cycle of receiving and giving is just um, whatever God wants us to do that day. We're doing the best we can if we just listen and just um Love from the love he gives
0: us, yeah, that what a wonderful reminder, Mary Pat, that uh really, the greatest thing we can give to others is is our very selves, right, <laughs> which includes our time uh we can we can buy them the nicest uh items that they can open under uh, or that we can put under their Christmas trees and they can open on christmas morning we can we can try and get material gifts that will you know try and get them. Uh, some modicum of happiness but really the the most valuable thing that we can give is our life the most valuable thing that we have is our life and our time and these are these are precious and we should be generous with them i mean as you point out mary pat like the holy spirit has been so generous with us that god has given us so much uh, without expecting anything in return without requiring anything in return he gives us his very son on the cross and the gift of salvation without anything we can do to merit it or to to give him any return. Uh, and yet that's what he also wants us to do, to be uh, generous, to give with our very hearts and and to give especially of our time.
2: Yeah, I think Mary Pat, you nailed it. You hit it right on the head that, that when it comes to generosity, what it comes down to, the, to at the end of the day is giving of ourselves, giving ourselves first to the Lord, of course, but then giving it to him with a spirit of use me, Lord, and uh, use me in the lives of others to draw them close. So again, how have you benefited from generosity, be it your own or someone else's? How has being generous uh, encouraged you in your walk with the Lord? Or how have you received uh, from others? And how has that generosity really drawn you closer to the Lord as well? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888 Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Well, Father, I'm... Uh, uh, I'm just curious too about uh, we we think about giving and uh, and oftentimes around this time of year we give to those who are in a state of need or who don't have very much perhaps whether it's the staples of life or even if they just are, are a bit uh, you know they're they are in a state of not not having a lot of the things that we enjoy. And when it comes to, you mentioned gadgets and conveniences and things like that, maybe something that we can do to make their lives a little bit better. But what about giving out of uh, scarcity? You know, we read in Luke's gospel, of course, about the uh, the poor widow who put in two copper coins into the pot, and then Jesus saying that this poor widow has put in more than all the others because they contributed out of abundance. Maybe reflect a little bit with us about what does it mean to give out of scarcity or out of poverty?
0: Uh, yeah, this example that you point out, I think is is a wonderful point of reflection from luke twenty one when Jesus is sitting in the temple area, and these uh, Pharisees and and wealthy uh, people are coming by and giving large gifts. And then, um, then this poor widow comes by and puts everything she has, and and Jesus says, "This poor widow has put in more than all of them, because they've contributed out of abundance, and she, out of her poverty, has given given everything." Uh, I think it's important because it reminds us that generosity and and giving is not dependent. It's not uh, the value isn't uh, dependent on on the the sum of money that we give or, Mm. or in comparison to other people, The, the value of what we give is in comparison to what we have. And none of us, none of us can say, well, I'm, I'm in a tough spot, so I don't have anything to give. Uh, no, there's always something we can give. Maybe it's not money, but there's always a little bit that we have to give. We have to give of our time, as Mary Pat reminds us of. We have to give of our of our uh, a smile. Even there's there's always something we can give that that will brighten the life of another person and help them out. And I think Jesus really challenges us through this uh, by by illustrating this this um, anecdote that. Just as the widow was able to be generous and give everything, even though the sum of money was rather small, she uh, relatively gave more than everybody else because of her, her own generosity. And that's the, the same spirit that we have to approach generosity with. To not look at, well, I gave $1,000 more than everybody else in church, therefore I'm good. No, we say, well, how, how much is that of, of what I really need? And am I being generous? Am I being detached from what I have, and so so, therefore, learning to be attached only to God,
2: right, right. Well, well spoken again, Father, thank you for that, and thank you for, uh, yeah, for continuing to shepherd us down this path of uh, reflecting on gift giving, which is what we're doing today on the feast day of Saint Nicholas and uh, the one of the uh, exemplar gift givers in our life of faith. If you'd like to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us how you have benefited from uh, give, from giving or from others' generosity. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. I think we'll take a short break. We got more calls on the line, but there's still some lines open. So feel free, give us a call. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Inner Life, thank you to our producer, Nick Sandovich, for that wonderful, uh, for all the bump music that's been going on here around uh, Santa Claus as we are celebrating the feast day of St. Nicholas. Jim Shaper also taking your phone calls today. My name is Patrick Conley. As we're talking about St. Nicholas and the role of gift giving in our life of faith guided by our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, a priest of the Oblates of St. Joseph and currently serving as provincial superior and shrine director for the Oblates out of Santa Cruz, California. Well, uh, Father, we've still got some phone calls pouring in, so let's continue on with that. We've got Marge, who's calling in from Salinas, California. Marge, welcome to the program.
3: Hi there, Father Matthew.
0: Hi, Marge. How are you?
3: I'm just fine. I have to tell you that you're the best out of everyone there, the wonderful people there. You're the best, and I just love you dearly. And I was saddened when you got transferred to Santa Cruz.
0: Oh, well, thank you for saying that. I'm sorry to sadden you, but hey, I'm actually not too far from you now, Marge. I know. I'm going to have to
3: go see you someday. You're not far from me at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's on your mind, Marge?
3: Well, I get a clear see through little bags, and I put uh, energy bars and snacks and all individually packed. And then I put a pair of brand new socks in the package and tie it up when i see someone in a corner asking for money or whatever i just ha- hand them a little package and i'm on my way
0: mhm that's wonderful what what a great what a great concept you know it's um it's it's hard isn't it when we when we see people in need especially when we run into them on the street and um and maybe as we're driving even and they're waiting at a stoplight asking for something, it's hard to know how to help them. How do we, how do we give to them while, while also wanting the best for them? Certainly, we can give them money, um, but also we want to be cognizant of, of their other needs as well. And it's, uh, I, th- I love the idea of socks, Marge, because that's something we all need. And, and getting fresh socks is, <laughs> just gives us uh, a little bit more joy in the day, uh, but also a little a little snack there. So. A wonderful idea, and and also, Marge. What I like about it is you're prepared, right? You're thinking ahead about wh- when and and how to help people out, and I think that's really important in our generosity. Sometimes we we're surprised by opportunities for generosity, and then we miss that opportunity because we 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 didn't expect it, and we didn't know how much to give or how to help or what to do in that situation. But when we when we become prepared, and we realize I meet people all the time who are in need. And here's something I can do to to help them out. Thanks, Marge. God bless you. I love it.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Marge. I appreciate it. And and I will say, Father, that uh, when I was a kid, I did not like getting socks as Christmas presents, but now <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic.
0: I enjoy <laughs> socks are so great. I, I yeah. totally agree with you. My my parents always got us socks for Christmas. I remember thinking, <laughs> what in the world is this? You, know? <laughs> right. um, you can get Sox. these for me anytime. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, very good.
2: Thank you, Marge. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the inspiring ideas as well. Uh, let's go from Marge to Christine, who's calling in from Portland, Oregon. Christine, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you. Um, I just wanted to share the tradition that my mother started. She has nine children. Uh, I'm one of nine, and she celebrated Saint Nicholas Day by having us open our stockings on Saint Nicholas Day. Uh-huh. So we, I have passed that on to my children, who are now all six of them grown adults, and my daughter, who's in college today at Oregon State, decided to after receiving her stocking decided to make stockings for all of her five roommates. So they're celebrating this morning that way.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks, Christine. You know, it's really interesting to me and I don't know all the history uh, behind these these uh practices that we have on Saint Saint the on Saint Nick's Day. But um I I think so my maternal grandmother uh was Austrian and I think that in Austria there was a, at least in her town there was this a tradition of putting your shoes in front of the fireplace, a little different than stockings, but putting your shoes, and then in the morning we'd wake up and they'd be filled with, with candies and small gifts and things like this. And um, and I love I love these little traditions. They're, they're almost different in, in different parts of the world, but they're still similar. <laughs> all, all I think, Patrick, going back to those those stories of St. Nicholas throwing mm-hmm. the coins through the chimney and falling right. into the daughter's stockings at, uh, at the hearth, right? Absolutely, and I I think that that's uh,
2: that's something we we uh, you know we really shouldn't lose sight of this time of year. And Christine, one of the things that I love about what you were saying is that this is a Saint Nicholas Day tradition. So, um, and I and I think that's a great way of wrapping wrapping in kind of the. I mean, it it just gives a nod a little bit more to the historicity of our faith and the role of our faith in and around this season, this time of year, and uh, maybe pushes back a little bit against the uh, influx of. Uh, commercialism and and uh, and some of the things that yes, as you as you said, Father, I don't think it's wrong to engage with to a, at least to a certain degree, but at the same time reminds us about what uh, what is really going on in this season. well so thank you Christine, thank you for calling in. um I want to go back to something that you said, Father, and maybe I'm the only one in the world who thinks this so um, maybe this is not applicable at all but <laughs> you know going back to something to uh, the whole understanding that you said, Probably drove St. Nicholas in his giving of of Jesus' words of not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing when you're giving. i, I when i'm when I first hear that, I think that there is um I think what comes what con- what it conjures up inside of me is that there needs to be this kind of uh, spontaneity, spur of the moment type of giving, which is not bad. But I also heard you say just a moment ago, and I'd like you to reflect on a little bit more about. How meaningful it can be when we actually take time to sit down, to perhaps pray, and to think through how are we going to give and how are we going to give intentionally um, in this, especially in and around this time of year. Can you reflect a little bit more on that for us?
0: Sure. I I think the, the, I mean, we see an example, even within the church, of needing to be open to spontaneity, needing to be open to the Holy Spirit on the one hand, but also planning and being organized and realizing we are a hi- hierarchical church that needs order in it as well and these are complementary in my mind you know in the church right. but also in our lives we have to on the one hand order our lives and 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 have structure and make sure that we're abiding by by uh, order and schedule sometimes and things like this uh, but on the other hand we have to be open to to the movements of the Holy Spirit, right? We have to be open right. to spontaneous uh, reactions to the Holy Spirit. And in a big way, this happens with generosity. How often, Patrick, you and I don't plan to meet somebody in need, don't plan to to, to encounter somebody who might need our time or our resources, but there they are and there God has has invited us to be and we, we have to respond in that moment with with generosity. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if we just wait until well until i run into the right person then i'll be generous we'll, we'll never really reach the 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 greatness of of that generosity that we can give i we could go back to the the story of that that widow uh that that jesus reminds us of in luke 21 that you rightly brought up a few moments ago that woman planned to drop in those two coins i yeah. mean uh she 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 obviously it was everything she had and she she planned to give that over the lord and and i think this is something that we have to do both with our with our parishes with relevant radio with with others we have to be planning and to give but also be open to those times when, when spontaneous giving and, and doing it, as you say, in an anonymous way is is really valuable for us. When we don't get credit or acknowledgement from from what we give, when we're not noticed or recognized by others, this really helps us, right? This really helps us to stay humble, to give the glory to God, and to not become puffed up because we're we're so great or anything like that. But rather to to give God all the credit.
2: Right, right. And uh, there again, it, it lies in giving God the credit. And that's, that actually brings up another question about, um, and maybe especially around the, the widow's coins and that sort of thing, that generosity, especially generosity that becomes
0: sacrificial, it involves trust, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I mean, that widow that dropped everything in the, the treasury uh, had to trust that God was still going to take care of her. Um, we can also go back to the prophet Elijah, who in time of great famine was, we just heard this this uh, account uh, proclaimed not, not long ago at, at a Sunday Mass. That Elijah asked a widow for her, the final bits of her oil and flour, and she had to, in generosity and in trust in the prophet's words, uh, give give back and 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 that's something that I think God wants from every one of us it's certainly what Saint Joseph and our blessed mother had to do. They had to be generous with what they had to give everything to God, and then trust that he was going to provide for them in mary's case, trust that he would provide for. The sorrowful experiences that she knew awaited her, trust that he would provide for her son. And in Joseph's case, trust that the Lord would provide that he could be the father that he needed to be for Jesus, mm-hmm. the husband that God was asking him to be for our blessed mother. So I think all of us in generosity are, are, are being called to make an act of trust in God's care for us in His providence, mm-hmm. and and that's important in the Christian life. Because if I think I can take care of myself, if I think I can provide for myself, God is is really going to shake up my life and show me that no, you have to trust in Me for 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 what you need.
2: Great, great. Well, Father Matthew, you've wow, you've given us so many great things. I, I mean, just a few of the things that I. Uh, I really have heard since uh, since we began the show was really that uh, giving uh, does foster that trust in the Lord, as you were just saying. It fosters a sense of community that we're we're all in this together, and so um, it's when we we're talking about you know giving to well you know police, firefighters, those who who uh, who form the infrastructure, the the parts of society that we cannot go through. We can't even call ourselves a society without. Certainly, there's there's that. Um, there's there's the uh, opportunity to become, at the end of the day, like Christ, right, who gave everything uh, for us and for our salvation. It is really a, a wonderful way to express our Christ-likeness and to grow in our Christ-likeness is by giving. Um, just briefly, Father, let's uh, also hit on Zacchaeus. Um, so Zacchaeus mm-hmm. had this, uh, this encounter with the Lord, and he ends up, his response of faith of, uh, of the encounter that he had with Jesus, um, his response of faith was that of giving. Reflect on that a little bit for us, too, if you would.
0: Yeah, Zacchaeus, interestingly, was, was making restitution for, for previously having extorted people. He's, he says very clearly to Jesus, if I've done any wrong, I will give back You know, multiple, uh, multiples of what I've taken from them. Uh, And I think it's interesting for us to think about that in in some sense, our generosity is also a restitution that we make to our neighbor. Uh, How often we have not been generous, how often we've been selfish, how often we've we've gone with many things and ignored the needs of of those right around us. And I think the experience of every person who's discovered the blessing of being generous, the blessing of giving to those in need, of, of giving of their very selves... Is one in which they realize, "Wow, I've I've been really selfish. <laughs> I've been I've really thought about myself quite a bit and haven't mm-hmm. always given time to others." And being generous, uh, as Joseph mentioned, as uh, Mary Pat has mentioned, that the different callers we've had um, are oftentimes uh, their wake-up calls for us. Their realizations that, "Wow, not only am I blessed, but I really should have been giving more previously, and now mm-hmm. I can." try and, and uh, make up for that. If not entirely, I can at least give in a, in a more profound way. Right. And I think this Wonderful. is also what Zacchaeus experienced, right? He had to make up for that. And so that's also what you and I are called to do in generosity to make, make sure that we're caring for the needs of our neighbor.
2: Yeah, very good. Well, Father Matthew Spencer has been our spiritual director today. Father Matthew,
0: as you know, we always like to end with a blessing. So if you would, please. Heavenly Father, look upon all of our listeners, increase the generosity in their hearts Help them to enjoy this holiday season. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. Father Matthew, thank you so much for being with us. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond. Thank you for joining us. Coming up next, the greatest gift of all, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, coming to you from the Chapel of the Nativity in Green Bay with Father Daniel Schuster. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life. So grateful that you do tune in each and every day. Hey, here's a way of giving. How about recommending uh, to a friend the inner life and uh, have them be transformed as well? Thank you and God bless you.